like to make a presentation to Pastor Jill. Would you come forward, please? Oh, sure. <clears throat> this is off the cuff here. Um, this has been a really difficult year for all of us, <laughs> unusual, and it's, it's, you know, we're not in a place where we would really like to be this year. But you have been here this year through thick and thin, um, a mother, a wife, a student, our pastor. Um, our congregation loves you and very much appreciates everything that you've done for us this past year learned new things and, and brought us along. We've learned new things through you and tried new things. And I think through all the trials and tribulations, we've done as well as we can. And, and, and most of that is due to your, your leadership and your, and your love for our congregation. We very much appreciate everything that you've done. So this is a gift of love from your congregation. Oh, thank you so much. And um, I, I know your, your sermons have been about gifts, some gifts that... Uh, we don't expect some gifts that we don't like, some gifts, but I think that's something that you, you know, doesn't fit in, into any of those I'm, I'm sure whatever gift it is, I will love it because I'm that, I'm, I love every gift. So, okay. it's all good. So, so thank you very much, Pastor Jill and Anne. Uh, and I do love you all. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you. Okay. And I'm not finished, so you can go. Sandy? <clears throat> Sandy has been very adaptive this, this year uh, through everything that we've put her through. Uh, she's, her talent is just uh, so unequaled, and, and we so much appreciate the gift of, of music and song and everything else and adaptability that you bring to Portage Faith. And uh, so please accept this gift from, from your Portage Faith family, and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you. I love you all too. Thank you. Thank you. Christ is here on this night of nights. Christ, Christ is, is here, here indeed. Christ's love has called us here. God's love has bathed us in holy light. Let's sing with the angels and celebrate with joy for Christmas arrives this night. Uh, the Light of Christ reading is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Let us pray. Light of the world, shine upon us this night. Shine in our lives, that we might shine with your love. Shine in our world, that your light may overcome. All, overcome all darkness and fear. Shine through our worship, that our souls may be strengthened with the power of your light and love. In the name of love, we pray. Amen.
We have watched, we have waited, in hope. In peace. In joy. With love. Now our redemption draws near. Hear the words of the Lord from Isaiah 9. Verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who live in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. As with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder, for the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken is on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia. Amen.
now proclaim our God and our glorious Savior. Praise and adoration be to our God, for he is good. His grace and mercy fill the heavens and earth. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving and joyfully praise our creator. As a father, he loves us, his children. Sing his praises with joyful thanks in love and devotion. Let us love him who has loved us since the world began. Who would not love God from the heart? We cannot give him adequate praise. Still in heaven, he receives with goodwill our joyful songs of praise and pours much joy into our souls whenever we thank him, whenever we live in him. Sing to Jesus Christ praise, thanks, and glory, for he came from heaven to destroy sin and death for us, and by his precious, willing sacrifice, restored innocence and peace. Already here on earth, he renews joy and life to us by his grace. Still greater bliss is prepared there for those who love him, when one day they will be renewed in his image, made new and holy and awakened from death. Let us rejoice in our holy God. Let us rejoice in our eternal God. How blessed it is to praise him here and then in heaven. He is our holiness. He is our life. He always loves us, his children. And now, may we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Please join us from your hymnals from number 247, O Morning Star, How Fair and Bright.
Now, if you would, from your hymnal 240, join us for Heart the Herald Angels Sing. Another, 
Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to, unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe, lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they, they that heard it wondered at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Please pray with me. May the light of God's wisdom illuminate our hearing that we might recognize the light of truth we most need to hear this night. Amen. My message for this Christmas Eve is light of the world. <coughs> December would not have been a good time for the birth of a baby in a cattle stall. Just as it is here, December is the darkest and coldest time of year in the area of Palestine where Jesus was born. It is not as cold most of the time, of course, as it is here, but it does get pretty chilly and it even snows sometimes. Historians tell us that it is much more likely that Jesus was born in springtime. That makes sense because the shepherds were with their herds out in the fields and the lambs were being born. <coughs> Desert regions are cool at night in the spring and the autumn, but not harsh like in the wintertime. So if this is true, if Jesus was really born in the spring, why does the church celebrate the Messiah's birth in late December? Well, here's what the Encyclopedia Britannica online has to say about it. In the third century, the Roman Empire, which at the time had not adopted Christianity, celebrated the rebirth of the unconquered son, or Sol Invictus, on December 25th. This holiday not only marked the return of longer days after the winter solstice, but also followed the Roman popular festival called Saturnalia, during which people feasted and exchanged gifts. It was also the birthday of the Indo-European deity Mithra, a god of light and loyalty whose cult was at the time growing popular among Roman soldiers. The church in Rome began formally celebrating Christmas on December 25th in the year 336, during the reign of the emperor Constantine. As Constantine had made Christianity the effective religion of the empire, some have speculated that choosing this date had the political motive of weakening the established pagan celebrations. The date was not widely accepted in the Eastern Empire, where January 6th had been favored for another half century, and Christmas did not become a major Christian festival until the 9th century. So basically, in a nutshell, in the 4th century, once Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire under Constantine, Christ's birth was added to the church's calendar in late December in order to supersede pagan celebrations that came at the winter solstice. These various festivals involved feasting, dancing, gift-giving, and thanking the pagan gods for the light of the life-giving sun. The winter solstice happens each year around December 21st, and ushers in the official beginning of winter. It is the day of the year when the northern hemisphere of the Earth experiences its longest period of darkness. It is literally the darkest day of the year. On December 22nd, the hours of sunlight gradually begin to get longer until the longest day of sunlight, the summer solstice, which is around June 21st and that is also the start of summer. In a culture, in Jesus' day, dependent upon agriculture for survival, sunlight and its warmth was critical. The pagan festivals at the winter solstice encouraged the gods to let the sun return again to encourage new birth and a successful harvest in the coming year. And besides that, in the darkness of winter, who doesn't need a little celebration to push away the darkness just for a moment to feel the life and the love of friends and family? 
The long and short of it is that we celebrate the birth of the light of the world on one of the darkest days of the year, unless you live south of the equator. What better day could there be? In our Light of Christ reading from John 1, 1 to 5, we read, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it. The Word was with God from the very beginning. All that is came into being through God's Word. The Word gave life to all things and was the light of all people. We are made through light of the Word. The light of the Word gives us life. In Genesis 1, verses 1 to 5, in the NRSV, we read, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now picture it with me. In the beginning, the earth had no form. Darkness was all around. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the void. No light, no sound, nothing. Just its breath. The God is created. The word of God speaks and says, let there be light, and suddenly brightness is all around. Sunlight, the energy that supports all life on earth. Even though our sun is not yet in the sky, a light with the energy of sunlight is all around. God calls it good. And now, the creation game is on. The very first thing that God created through the word was light. And light became the essence of the word. God made human beings to be his children. We received the gift of light and life through the word. We also received the special gift of free will, which we share with God. Only through free will can we truly love and be loved by another. And that is why we were made, to love and be loved. Later, much, much later, after God's whole good creation had been completed, humankind became dissatisfied with its lot. We had everything we needed, but we were made in God's image with all of God's curiosity and industry and free will. We wanted to know what God knows, even though that knowledge might cause us harm. We wanted to be too much like God. And so we fell into sin because God's gifts to us were never enough. The chasm between the Creator and humanity grew and grew as we fell deeper and deeper into despair and darkness. Our light was flickering, in danger of going out. But God loved us too much to let that happen, to let us be destroyed by the very attributes with, that he had given us. We were made to love and to be loved as God loves. The Lord God had a plan, though, to save us from the eternal darkness toward which we were hurtling at tremendous speed. The plan was an audacious one. For God, so glorious and great, it was an amazing plan. And to carry it off, God saw that he had to become one of us. He would have to leave the heavenly realm and put on flesh 
to struggle and bleed, to hunger and thirst, just like one of us. And so, the light of the world, the Word, put on flesh and was born to a humble girl from a backwater town in northern Judea in a far-flung corner of the mighty Roman Empire, the most powerful realm that the world had known up to then. The Word was born as a human baby named Yeshua, Jesus, God's holy son. The light had returned to the world, and no one yet knew it except Mary and her fiancé Joseph, far from home, with nowhere to stay, except in a cave under a guest house where the animals slept. But God could not be silent about the birth of his son, the righteous son of the universe, the king of heaven. He sent an angel to announce the miracle to the humblest of people, the shepherds, who were out in the fields under the stars, tending their sheep. Perhaps God told the shepherds first because God is at heart a shepherd. Maybe God knew the shepherds would intuitively understand the gift he had just entrusted to them. God's son was the long-awaited Messiah. Jesus was the light that would redeem us and save us and return us to the lap of God, our Father. And so, Jesus grew and learned and was loved by his parents and by God until the time came for the world to know him. By knowing Jesus, humanity would meet God face to face. The light of the world walked among us for a time, revealing the very face of God. Some people saw God's light in Jesus and believed and reclaimed the light that had once been ours. They were brought back to life by following the example of love. The light of the world brought back to earth with him. Many people did not believe that Jesus was the light of, the love, was the light, of light. And so Jesus sacrificed himself for them and for all of the people yet unborn. God allowed his precious son to die to take on the sin of the world. The work is a mystery to us, but the promise was made. Those who followed Jesus believed the promise. And that promise is that death no longer has the last word because God brought Jesus Christ back to life. His light could not be extinguished. And he still lives, shining brightly in the right hand of the Father. And here is the beauty of the whole thing. Our light cannot be extinguished either. When we take on Christ as our Lord and Savior, we rekindle the light of our humanity that is our inheritance from God. Our light can overcome anything that faces us because it comes from God himself. This is the gift we celebrate every Christmas Eve. Our light, the light of our life and our humanity, are gifts from our Creator, redeemed for us by the Son of God. It is a gift not only for us, but for everyone we meet. It is a gift we can share because our light is the love of God. Love is a gift that never runs out. The more we give it away, the more we find we have to give. And the more we give the light of love away, the brighter we shine. This is the meaning of Christmas that brightens the darkest night of the year. And so, Perhaps Constantine, unknowingly, placed the Holy Day celebrating the birth of the Christ child on the most appropriate date possible. Even the pagans were looking for the light on such a night. This Christmas Eve, 
our world is experiencing a time of darkness, not only because of the rotation and orbit of our planet, but because we have many struggles going on in the world that make us forget that the light of Jesus Christ is already ours. We forget to shine in times like these and hide our light under the proverbial bushel. We turn inward in fear and we hoard our love. But remember, our light is a gift to be shared. Only by giving the love away do we replenish our supply. We risk letting our light sputter in times like these. The Holy Spirit still lives in our hearts, and if we listen, the Spirit's urging to love is still there, despite the external circumstances that threaten to suppress its still, small voice. Yes, we must protect our physical bodies, but our spirits are always free to find a way to reach out in love to those in need of it. Send a card. Call a friend, find a charity and make things for it. There are always ways to share Jesus' life. In these dark times, the world can only be better for it. Merry Christmas to all of you. I love you all and hope we can be together again soon. And in the meantime, let your light continue to shine. Not just at Christmas, but all year long. Let's pray. Dearest Lord, on this night of light and love, may we be filled with light and love. In a world in need of light and love, may we bring the light and love to all. Please join us uh, for number 206, I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light.
among the congregation as we sing Silent Night. When I came to serve Portage Faith, we added the singing of joy to the world to the ceremony, partly to celebrate the light that Jesus' birth brought to the darkened world, but also because I get to look longer at the beautiful light of my people, illuminated by Christ's light. This year, I'll have to imagine you all bathed in the light of Jesus Christ. However, we can still enact the ritual as best we can, even at a distance. And if you would like to pause the video or podcast for just a moment to collect candles and a lighter or matches for yourself and family, now is the time. We can wait. Okay, if you are back with your candles, we will continue. There are six of us here this afternoon recording this service for you, and we will stand in for all of you. Sandy's playing piano, so that leaves five of us free to light candles, so one person will light twice. We have 18 candles on the table, representing all of you, and each of us will have a candle. I will light my candle from the Christ candle in the Advent wreath, and then one by one, each of us here will light their candle from mine. Then light three more on the table until all 24 candles are lit. At the same time, you all may light your candles wherever you are. And I will hold on to mine, and we can sing Silent Night and Joy to the World together. So, let's begin.
We'll close our service this evening with benediction by Susan DiBenedetto. Tonight, as we celebrate God is with us in the birth of Jesus, let us continue to live lives of hope, peace, joy, and love. Share God's love with the shepherds you meet on the hillside. Let the communion of the Holy Spirit fill your heart with glad tidings like the angels. And the Prince of Peace, born again tonight, may he live in your heart to comfort and challenge you as you seek to live as one of his disciples.